Good afternoon, Meat Suits. Welcome back. This is Reed and Weave, season four. We are just four guys with perfect opinions about movies, TV, and pop culture. And you have joined us on Verhoeven Week number three. That's what it is. <laughs> it's, it's Verhoeven three. So, That's my, so very Dutch of an accent, I'm the sure. The Duchess. Very good. Uh, you know, some people just don't learn their native tongue very well, and I've never learned my native Dutch. No, um, that was as easily as good as my Arnold. Like, <laughs> wait, I thought you were just you're making an impression of a Dutch person who never learned Dutch well. Yeah. I thought that was your accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly that nailed it. That's what I was going Got for. Got one. I am your host, uh, Alex Falcone, uh, recording from North Koreatown, Los Angeles, and uh, I have a very uh, gung ho panel with me today. First up. Uh, he's at Anthony Lopez Part 2. He's in Southeast Portland. And he just wants to go into politics, and he thinks it's easier if he does this podcast first. It's Anthony Lopez. Great to be here. As we all know, podcasting is the only way to get citizenship in this world anymore. It is. Yeah, uh, what do you, so, yeah, what do you want that's to live forever? But yeah, I am a, I, as always, like I say every week here, Alex, I'm very honored to be here until I die or you find someone funnier. Falcone's rough nuts! <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was the most quote-heavy intro. It was like seven different references in that one. Um, also joining us today, he's at Hunbun on Letterboxd from the woods of Arkansas. He just wants to have babies. It's Hunter Donaldson. Yo, I just want to have babies. I'm a gun. I've become a, I'm a gun now. Oh, yeah. In the future, the guns are like different shaped, but not like better chunky, as far as I can tell. Chonky gun boys chunky. out yeah, there. And, and not lasers, even well, though we and, have... Yeah, I think they're, we were really good at killing humans. I feel like we didn't... We got cocky that everything would be as easy to kill as a human. I think that's yeah, the that's real true. lesson I got from this this movie. That's a big takeaway. Yeah, that's that's probably reasonable. And that that fourth voice you hear joining us today, he's here for a girl. Is it me? Coy smile in Northern California. It's Ezra Fox. Alex, I got one rule. Everyone fights, no one quits, and you can have compound rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I love a I love a one rule that has a big and in the middle. I didn't even catch how, how super, dumb that was. That super cheaty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I only I have mean, one th- rule, but there's two of them. <laughs> Part C of this rule. I mean, I, I do love that he is the type of guy who's like, all right, you know, I, I fight hard, I demand the best, and I also give the best. So I got to <laughs> have, rule. what are people going to love? I need a lot of beer. Right. Uh, can I get a single football and a violin? <laughs> I That's a see-through violin. Nothing. Dude, we work hard. We soldiers so more. hard on it. We play hard. <laughs> yeah. uh, play fiddle hard. There's, there's like you know like 300 of them, and there's like here's your two balls and and one fiddle. Actually, probably the my I think the most delightful surprise of this show of this whole movie is that that blonde jarhead can play a hell of a fiddle. Yeah, dude. The you fact that he's Cusey? a real. Yeah, the fact that he's a talented yeah. fiddle boy, I liked that. He kind of grows on me as the, as oh, the movie yeah, goes. Absolutely. I kind of love oh, him yeah. by the end. I, I think canonically, this is sort of like when like the devil went down to Buenos Aires. I think that this, it was like, he. that's how they won that <laughs> fiddle specifically as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did they you, you try can get the shiny fiddle, fiddle made of transparent. Oh, that's also yeah. a good question. Yeah. Should it challenge the brain bug to a fiddle off? You know, really, you, you can this win this shiny like... fiddle made of green transparent plastic. <laughs> but if you lose, humans get your soul. Yeah, otherwise they get your brain. Yeah, like that's that's fair fair swap. Soul, soul. Uh, yeah, soul for brain. Before well, we brain, talk any more about the heart of the soul. 
Can we let's, talk about every, real fast? I always have to bring this up. Whenever anyone references The Devil Went Down to Georgia, yeah. why doesn't anyone ever talk about the first line of that song is The Devil Went Down to Georgia. He's looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he's yeah. way behind and he's uh-huh. looking to make a deal. Who's he way behind? He's the devil. <laughs> I, mean, sure, sure. I never understood maybe, that. Like, he, he holds himself to a standard that <laughs> yeah, he's is not it, Is it self-enforced quotas? Like, who is he... Dude, Way behind you. He's what, in a when bind. You're, when you're self-employed, you have to make deadlines. Yeah. on your own. This is classic taxes. Right. Also, as, as you know, someone right? who's currently self-employed, like you really, you have to. It's on you to withhold taxes and pay those as, as well. So they like, sneak right up on you. He really could have. He like the devil could have like. Think, oh great, I got a whole bunch of souls. No, he didn't realize that like a third of those souls are government souls. Right. Ah. Yeah. They, and 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 you you have to have if you don't squirrel them away, huge soul bill every oh that's year. Why, like, that's why the devil pits on his, you know, his like uh hooved boots and pitchfork every day, even if he's working from home. So you gotta feel like you're going <laughs> yes, to work, yes. right? Rest, you know, you yes. can't yeah, I, I agree. I will say, Anthony, just because somebody is yelling at their uh, iPhone right now, uh, I believe that the canonically the devil is in a competition with God for who can get more souls. I believe that's how it's supposed to work. Yeah, yeah. Famously, I'm not making this up. This is what is happening is the God it's and the devil chess game between the two of them. Yeah, and he was like the Job story is is God is, and the devil just like they like to hang out and gamble. Well, I mean. Uh, as someone who grew up very, very devoutly religious, I think yes. you're slightly misinterpreting the story. But uh, that, you know what? We'll save this. No, there's for a lot of Bible good morals. Week. There's a lot of when good we... morals from Job. My favorite one is, uh, "Look, he'll just give you a new family. Don't worry about <laughs> your." Old... That's the best part of Job. Is in the end, God gives him a new wife and new kids, and he's like, "Well, that solves it." Well, you, you're forgetting that God comes down and gives him a new wife and new kids and says, hey, remember, I can do this to you whenever the fuck I want. I am God. You are insignificant. Don't yeah. ever forget that shit. Don't right? forget That's it. That's really what happens. All right. I was worried about, I was going to say we should stop talking about the movie to work on our next segment. But now that we've strayed so far, everyone will be glad for this rewriting of the ship. But we have a little bit of work to do before our movie and before we go back to talking about the Bible. And yeah, I mean, we're going to do Bible month. Uh, Bible yeah. month. It's December, right? We're going to do the whole whole I Bible. Would, Bible I, would absolutely, I don't know if I, I don't think we should read the whole Bible, but probably we could do a lot of good Bible movies. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, we've already done. There's ben so Hur. many good ones. It's so crazy how many good ones. <laughs> well, we, so we'd, we'd obviously do the uh, Moses and the, the Ten Commandments. Moses. We'd we have to do that. Did, Ten Commandments. We did yeah. Ben Hurry. We did Ben Hurry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we could do like. Scorsese's The Last Temptation of Christ. Oh, yeah. Or, that's good. That one's actually uh, good. But that one's yeah. fan fiction, okay? That's not... Yeah, like, that's not in the book. Jonah, yeah, uh, Veggie Tales Interpretations. Movie. Yeah, Veggie Tales movie, for sure. We Ooh. could do the... Oh, we could do The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, yeah. That's These are all Bible great story. ideas. Um, yeah, all right. These are options. I like this. Um, but we're not yet. In the meantime... Uh, I mean, if well, if you want that to happen, in fact, the best way to do it is to make sure the show continues to not give up. And you can do that by becoming a Meat Buddy. If you go to Metreon.com, you can continue to pressure us with money to keep the show limping down the tracks towards the inevitable fate where we do some Bible movies. And yeah, if really you appreciate- want to save Alex's soul, because let's yeah. be honest, <laughs> yep. he's going to hell. He's a sinner. If you he's want a to save sinner. Alex's soul, 
We've uh, already been God's not dead. If so you want, if you want to keep Alex from being in a multi-level marketing scheme in hell, so he has to get as many souls as possible by the end of the month. <laughs> that's what it is, is the devil, each of the souls the devil takes has to go get six more souls. Oh my God. That and then the devil just fine. takes a small cut. Um, okay, but uh, next up, it's time for some news. We're going to do a brief rundown of a couple of news stories I want to talk about this week from the uh, pop culture and media world. First up, uh, Jeopardy hired a new host this week. Did you did you guys see this? Executive producer Mike Richards uh, started several months ago running these tests of potential new hosts. Um, and eventually, uh, Jeopardy made the difficult decision to give it to Mike Richards, the guy wow. who started the search. Isn't that crazy? How did so he manage? Brave. So um, brave. He who, does have who you know, and if you know yourself, that's a pretty good start. <laughs> solid one to know. He does have who previous, I know better than me. <laughs> he does have previous game show experience. Um, specifically, before he worked on Jeopardy, he worked on The Price is Right, where he was repeatedly sued for his treatment of female staff members, including firing them for getting pregnant. Great. Yep. Cool. Thanks, so Jeopardy. Jeopardy did this wonderful talent search, looked far and wide, and was like, how about we just hire our own friend? who has a lot of problems with women on his staff. Can we do that? Yes, that's the easiest thing. Um, this is no, this is such a because I think this is how Dick Cheney got to be VP also, right? He was like looking for the VP. He was like, yes, I that know, is actually the exact his name is Dick Cheney. That's right. And I like him. Uh, yeah. So I think here's the interesting thing. It's actually pretty hard to get hired for a job, but it's not as hard to get hired for the search committee, which you can totally throw. Dude, that's such a great backdoor. Offer, go to companies and be like, look, I don't need work, but do you need someone to run your hiring process? I can find the best person for a job. And then you're a shoo-in. Now, I mean, I really feel personally one that I know this doesn't make much sense, but it feels right that like the host of Jeopardy should have been something Alex Trebek gave away in his will. Yeah. You know I what think. I mean? Like, he, Final Jeopardy thing. Yeah. he should have been able to say, and I... Bequeath it. Yeah. Bequeath, yeah. My full like responsibilities. Rebecca wouldn't have picked this guy. Are he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have. Uh, and I really, I was rooting for Ken Jennings, uh, which seemed like a logical choice for a while because he's the winningest contestant ever. And I like the idea that if you beat a game show so hard, you get the game show as <laughs> you the win final. It, oh, that, yeah. that's, that's like the, um, it's like Willy Wonka rules, right? Exactly. Exactly. The you Willy really Wonka rules the should definitely have been Ken. But also, there were just so many other great hosts. I Obviously, mean, LeVar Burton would have been great. He would have been the, the perfect pick. Yeah, yep. and I mean, his besides being someone who was perfect for the role, he is also has such a a important legacy in television. Like he mm -hmm. as a TV actor, right? You look at like between Roots, Reading Rainbow, Star Trek, uh, like Jeopardy just makes sense in I this think, way of like I he think is Reading a Rainbow is the perfect part of that because what. He taught us to read, got us into reading 20 years ago, and now he's like, I want to see if you remember what I taught you. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, he runs a quiz Alex. show. It's perfect. Are you saying you learned to read as a 16-year-old? Is that when this you, was out? Well, if you were saying 20 years ago. Oh, man, I'm so old. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. you're very old. I forgot I about forget. that. When, we were when millennials were kids, he was like, reading is cool. And now he's like, I've been teaching to the test. Okay. Did you do your I reading? Mean, I'm pretty sure he's been doing reading Rainbow since before any of us were born. So I I think, but he's like, preparing right. generations yeah, for Jeopardy. Yeah, yeah. He is, yeah. He is, it makes sense. Exactly. It makes sense. I thought didn't they 
wasn't it Mike Richards and then someone else too? I thought they picked but like two hosts. Really. So yeah, no. So, so they also Sony also announced that Big Bang actress Mayim Bilek um, would host a primetime spinoff occasionally. And as wow. soon as that was announced, people started pulling up all their old social media posts about how vaccines aren't real, and um, which is classy. But also, um, she just better hope she does not get pregnant because then Mike Richards will fire her. What is science right. denial, Alex? Um, wow. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, well, man, we ruined just, Jeopardy now. This is the thing. Like, I just don't understand how, because it's late, right? I mean, it's 2021 and a half. Like, it's late in this process to bumble a rollout of a new television personality this badly. Like, you, at this point in our, in our, like, in the, in the world, in, in Hollywood, just Google him first. Like, yeah. Right. <sighs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't. Tre- I, I, yeah. <laughs> was Trebek like the person keeping Jeopardy on the tracks? Was he like, you know, had a knife in his mouth and was like swinging at executives every day. <laughs> keeping them was like, it just feels like he is gone and they just didn't know what they were doing. And they yeah, it's, just bundled it every so opportunity. badly, so badly. All right. One other story I want to talk about this week. Um, this is a little sportsy, but it's also movie. Did you guys see the field of dreams game this week? I, did I have no idea what that means. Out. Yeah. Okay. So you guys remember the 1989 film field of dreams. Starring Kevin Costner. Um, well, Major League Baseball this week decided to fully embrace the heartwarming message of... They brought my dad back from the dead? Bringing your dad back from the dead <laughs> and also selling tickets to a cornfield. So they put together a field, a game between the Chicago White Sox and the New York Yankees in an Iowa cornfield stadium that paid homage to the film. And it was... Like the teams like emerged from the corn, which sports people told me was really, really cool. I thought looked like horror movie stuff but um (laughs) it was really sweet looking and it was apparently a very very good game and i just um i wanted to bring this up to ask you this question which is if you were going to have a sports movie that the actual sport embraced what would it be and actually did a version of you know that scene the opening scene of last boy scout when a running back in the nfl brings a gun on the field uh that (laughs) no I don't that, know that feels like the most American thing. Like, what if we gave football players guns? <laughs> that would be <laughs> like a good yeah. America Day sports celebration. That is, um, I, I mean, personally, I if I was going to make, yes, yeah, so Space Jam would be a good option if we could um, trap the NBA players in a video game and have them play in front Haven't of a we bunch already of done rapists. That? I'm pretty sure they are trapped in video games. It could be. I think yeah. they're, those are likenesses, but they we could don't be know the actual what players. those people are feeling, though, that, what, what, what the likenesses are feeling. It could be yep. really bad for them. Yep, that's true. Um, I think if I was going to make a baseball movie into a real game, it would have to be Air Bud seventh inning fetch, and then we just let a golden retriever play. Well, there's base. no rules against it. As far you know? as I can tell, there's technically no rule against it. I've looked what it about up. like angels and the outfield, and they somehow prove that God exists? You got oh, yeah. that would be pretty neat. That's such a, a religious ooh, episode. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, what about a re? Okay, let me just pitch you on a movie real quick. Demons in the outfield. Ooh. Oh. Right? How Disney is doing like villain movies now? Yeah, yeah. The demon of angels in the outfield. 
Actually, I think it'd be better if it was called The Devil in the Outfield. Yeah. I think that's Wait, a better title. And we get like um, Tom, Tom Hanks, so Angels and Demons in the Angels Outfield. Angels and Demons in the Outfield, for Angels sure. Angels and Demons in the Outfield. Oh, man. That's a if good you want, one. Actually, you could do Angels and Demons and Insects uh, in the Outfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. That's, Wait, that, what? that's I don't an improvement. Really the insects the Angels and Insects was also a movie. I don't know. Oh, I don't know that one. Angels and Demons in the and Insects <laughs> in the Outfield versus Predator. <laughs> <laughs> I also Golden what, Retriever. What was, <laughs> what was the movie where the kid like broke his wrist and became a great pitcher, even though oh, he was a child? Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I think yeah. you should like just break a kid's wrist and put him in as a pitcher and see what happens. Um, yeah, that's I, a good I want idea. Little Big League. Which is my favorite uh, of that of that batch, where you give a kid like it's like Moneyball, but you give make it a kid in charge, basically. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I like that. You could easily do act for real. You could do a Sandlot game where you just have them play a baseball game in a dirt field, and the largest bull mastiff you can find hangs out on the other side of the fence and eats home run balls. Like I that mean, wouldn't be that hard. Why don't we get really science fictiony and do a league of their own? You know, women playing sports. <laughs> Am I right, you guys? You want to talk about silly and possible okay, things? Okay, we have to we have to move on, but I want to tell you this really quick story. So there was a touring professional women's baseball team called the Silver Bullets, I believe, when I was a kid that went around and played exhibition games against minor league teams, and there was a minor league, a single A, I think, minor league baseball team in Reno where I when I was a kid that played against them. And it was the only time they'd ever like sold many tickets to this crappy baseball field. And the owners of the team were so excited to make money. They kept selling tickets long after they ran out of seats and they sat people on the field. <laughs> they yeah. had people sit against the back wall in the outfield. There were just people. Jesus Christ. Dozens and dozens of people packed against the wall. So if you hit the ball far enough, the fielder would just have to like run into some people and get try to retrieve the ball. It was hysterical. And also, the women were significantly better than the men's team and also more popular. The home team came out to raucous booing from the crowd. It was the, the most ridiculous baseball thing I've ever... That's sports hilarious. thing I think I've ever been that a part of. That sounds awesome. It was so you funny. Know, I think at the end of the day, this whole conversation, the whole corner... Corn, uh, field of dreams thing in baseball it's like look if you really want to combine fun film-like entertainment and professional sports pro wrestling already exists <laughs> what are you doing keep That's your true. fucking sports and your entertainment separate or else you're just going to end up with wrestling you're just gonna make That's... wrestling ad yeah what was well, that you don't need what? it, is what he's saying. You've no, already, well, no, already I mean, I, I'd say like, just give us, I, well, yeah, give us, give us WWE style everything. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll, I'll take mean, some more. Hey, yeah, pro wrestling is the greatest art form in American history. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I uh, think that's true. Next I to like, jazz I, and long cons. Yes, I like this a lot. Let's move on now to this week's homework. Previously mentioned, this is week three of our Paul Verhoeven series, the the end of our Verhoeven uh, triple header. This week, we are watching the 1997 American military science fiction action film, Starship Troopers, mm-hmm. directed by Verhoeven and written by Edward Neumeyer, based on Robert A. Heinlein's 1959 novel of the same name and starring Neil Patrick Harris, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> 
I mean, he's only has two scenes, right? Or three? <laughs> yeah, but he rules. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's much uh, based off the novel as much as it's like pissing on the novel from sure. high distance. Yes. Sure. Um, uh, it's got some similar plots. They do have to yeah. fight bugs. But I do have to say, I you know, it is it's been a nice relief with, you know, watching films like Robocop Total Recall that you can kind of see our world in a little bit. It was really nice this week to watch a movie that you definitely cannot project at all <laughs> the world we live in today. There yeah. are no similarities. It is a completely fun fabrication that doesn't, oh, what's happening in Afghanistan right now? Oh, yeah, that, the Taliban's uh, taking back over. Cool. Yeah. Sorry, I got distracted there for a second. Under, very understandable. This one's fun for me because unlike the other two that you mentioned, I, I've i seen this before and did not understand that it was satire because I was yeah. a child. And so yeah. this is a fun uh, growing up moment of rewatching this movie. Let I mean, me summarize. Into, uh, just uh, go ahead. No, okay. All right. Let me oh, summarize for people who haven't seen no. it. Uh, now it's my turn. You only get one. You only get, I only give you one chance. Um, anyway, uh, so we're going to do the summary now. In case you have not seen Starship Troopers or haven't seen it in a while, here is my patented six, six bullet point summary of the film. Every time it's been six, huh? It's always been six. That's the canon. Um, mm. Okay. So it's the future. And you can tell because things are a little bit different. The bottles have a different shape and footballs are made out of metal. And people in Buenos Aires speak exclusively English. Um, so I assume it's just called good air now. Um, but we're following one such Buenos Aerean, uh, Johnny Rico, who is living a tough life. He's rich. He's got a great jawline and is a star athlete. But um, he somehow managed to overcome that and get a girlfriend who doesn't like him and is about to join the military. So he decides to also join the military, but unlike her, well, because they wanted to go to different parts of boot camp and then never see each other again. Um, I'm not sure exactly what he was thinking because um, she's good at math and he's not. Uh, okay, so but he joins anyway. He hates boot camp, which makes total sense. Uh, a whole camp for boots. That sounds like it sucks. And then he wants to leave. But then right as he's trying to quit, these bug aliens that were like low level annoyed at before this, they launch an asteroid at Earth and destroy only Buenos Aires. What a bummer. So sad. Um, so good jaw sticks around and joins the war effort. And then we all get rushed off to space to fight the bugs. So we go off to bug planets, which are fortunately the exact same air that we have on earth. That's really nice. And it's uh, uh, also the, well, the war is going fine. Not super good because we apparently have never thought about what it would take to stop bugs. So like our, in our like our tactics and our weapons are just, bad fit um good for fleshy things is bad for hard things it's not good for a carapace yeah um and and also we're just shooting like bullets into their arms which they have way too many of and they have this fun thing where if you get where you get close to them even if they're about to die the bugs like to just toss a sharp limb through your body so to be fair the soldiers were told that the bugs were going to greet them as liberators (laughs) so that is like (laughs) you know I mean, they, yeah, they, they were expecting they, the bugs to run up to the spacecraft and hand them flowers and chocolate. Yeah, I mean, that is what they were told. So, you know. It's totally understandable. Yeah, so well, so first they attack the home planet and just get totally wiped out, at which point the president of Earth announces a great success and the end of all combat operations in bug planet. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me give you a quick rundown of the enemy, though, in case you're not familiar with these bugs. So there's five different bugs that are important. There's small bugs, which look 
look like just like beetles, but the size of a backpack. And they don't do much in the early part, but then later, they're how the brain bug does his own body surfing. They're and they're cute. Yeah. They're really yeah, they're cute. cute. They're fun. Uh, then we have, those are small bugs. Then we have tall bugs, which are lots of limbs. They like to stab you through your chest with their limbs. And um, uh, they're f- filled with green Nickelodeon slime if you shoot them. And, and then there's Grand grande bugs who are they shoot acid fire out of their faces and if you cut them open they're full of squash soup yep and then there's venti bugs um which shoot blue space missiles out of their butts and then there's a rumor of a fabled trenta bug that sucks your brain out through a straw there's also flying bugs don't forget about yeah the flying there were there were flying tall bugs i guess there's all the standard video game boss uh or enemy uh, progression yeah. yeah yeah well the flying bugs are fun because they uh uh they're instead of stabbing you through the heart they, they will either stab you twice through the back and pick you up or they'll just clean decapitation it, it mm-hmm. was the wild thing about all this so we got a lot of different bug types as far as i can tell all the plants are completely devoid of any other kind of like plant or life form what yes. are the bugs are the, the they just photosynthesized what are the bugs eating man it's a great question what is the ecosystem of this nitrogen oxygen based desert planet that they're all over i don't know maybe there's something desert underground planets. there's planet yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> doordash that's exactly right I mean, <laughs> they just get a crazy pilot from earth to bring them chinese food whenever <laughs> they want for just uh, 80 dollars a dish but uh first off uh, let me just say um the brain is um, the brain is or Aries attack was an inside job. We all know that. Uh, I can send you some YouTube links if you really want to well, see. Hey, wait, wait! Wow. I want to interrupt your joke to say Let's that change. it had not it had not occurred to me before when watching this movie that a lot of what they're basing all of this off of is just an asteroid hitting Earth. Yes, which yes. is not a traditional weapon on any. This just completely could just be that an asteroid hit Earth, and they're like, yes. it must be those bugs over there. Actually, that's wild. I, that yeah. is literally the subtext of the yeah, movie. Yeah, they right? also like there's this one. There's not. They don't make a huge deal out of this, but there yeah. is like one brief news clip where they're like, "I think if we hadn't attacked the bugs in their home planet, they wouldn't even be fighting us." Yeah, like, there's I just mean, a brief little aside. There's, there's all this stuff and the, the stuff in the background about like humans. We encroached in their territory. They're yeah, the, right. Mormons. the Mormons. Oh, moved yeah. in. Oh yeah, there, I forgot and, about like, the Mormons. Right. So there is like they. We are already. We're bringing this on ourselves. We're attacking them, and then yeah. like the asteroid, like 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 you said, there's really there's no proof in the movie that they yeah. sent the asteroid. The asteroid is just a random event. Yeah, um, and, and actually, it's even like probably very unlikely because I think they're saying that like, look, they can fling themselves on rocks to colonize new places. If there weren't any bugs on that rock, probably wasn't a bug rock. Yeah, yeah, could be, yeah, that's I, true. I love, I mean, this is kind of what I was going to get at before your summary. When Well, um, I'm not done yet, so if you want to hear the ending first for people who have not seen the movie, maybe. Oh, okay. I can yeah, finish up my it. summary. I have two more bullet points. Okay, so uh, they go to war. A bunch of people and a bunch of bugs die, and uh, I think it's supposed to make you not want to join the military, but it also makes the military seem super cool. You play laser tag, you make friends for life, and you get laid in a tent. Um, the only real downside is that... Uh, that your backup girlfriend who you boink in the tent um, might die in your arms. But then your ex-boyfriend or your ex-girlfriend's boyfriend dies too because he gets his brain sucked out through a proboscis. Um, so it's unbalanced. You like turn out okay. Um, seems kind of fun. And then yeah, or um, you become an SS officer. Yes, right. Okay, that's right. And then the and then officer. we win in the end because our because of Nazi telekinesis. And that's the movie. Well, Would you like to know more? Yeah. Oh, there you go. I mean, we don't. I mean, like so. What I one of the things yeah. I love about all of these Fahova movies is that like I 
like you, especially this one, like we grew up with this movie. I saw yeah. this movie when it came out. I was like 10 years old when this movie came out. And I did not understand any of the kind of more. No, it's like it's wild. Stuff. It's CG bugs. It's fun yeah. gunplay. Yeah. It's like re- over the top cartoony violence. And then like two different topless scenes. And but it's like a what, fun romp for a 12 year old boy. Yeah, but that's what's so cool about Verhoeven's movies. And something I talked about with Robocop is like the way they like he's a filmmaker that like you can grow up with, right? You can enjoy mm. their movies on the sort of base level as a kid. And then as you get older, I mean, this is probably my 10th, 15th time seeing this movie over the last, you know, 20 something years. Yeah, and yeah. it is like, every time I see it, same thing with Robocop, like I get something new out of it. Like I notice new little jokes or new yep. little things. And it's just like, they're so rich and delightful to, get all this stuff out of while at the same time being this incredibly over the top cartoony action movie. Yeah. Uh, which is, it's so, uh, I don't know. Yeah. There's I so just, many, there's I so many it. good things that I, I missed before. Like it hadn't even really occurred to me that the mobile infantry is basically the sharp bugs of earth where yeah, there's, they look just like rulers. bugs. There's they're like, literally w- dressed like bugs. Yes. We're dressed <laughs> yeah. like bugs. And they're like, we have one smart ruler who's the Nazi SS officer <laughs> costume. He's the brain bug, and he shows up and sends all these people to their death whenever he wants. Yeah. I mean, uh, one of my yeah. favorite jokes in all of movies is in this movie when they're signed when they're like they get their assignments and they're like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "I'm joining Mobile Infantry." And the guy goes, "Mobile oh, yeah. Infantry made me the man I am today." And, and we see, yeah, missing an arm and chair. two legs. Yeah, and he's missing both his legs and his on an arm, and it's just Dude, like, yeah. All the it's, all the adults at the beginning of the movie are like, you know, they've been through some horrible yeah, shit. Yes, basically, yeah. everyone is Except rough. Except for his hippie rich parents, yeah, who are so thoughtless. over the top. Um, yeah, they're funny. Um, yeah. you're going to Harvard. But yeah, it is. It is such like, um, like the way this movie. You know, like there's so many things that like, as you get older, you learn. Like especially like the opening, right, is like a shot for shot sequence of taken from um uh what's the nazi documentary triumph of the will right is it really i yeah. didn't know so that there's, there was a whole bunch of sequences stolen just straight out of that movie right and so wait so is this are you suggesting that this movie is like telling me that nazis are bad i think you're supposed to get that okay uh, from okay. it uh Good. which just is checking. again another thing i was trying to find this review but i couldn't find it it is so funny the way people just, you know, 1997, again, we've talked a lot about yep, 9-11, the, the Iraq War, all this stuff that is makes this movie more relevant. Again, this movie came out in 97. It's crazy yep. to think uh, how much uh, it like. Yeah, it was like we weren't. And we weren't at currently mired in two decades long wars like the rest yeah. of my life. And it's kind see, of a weird, quiet time for war. So it's fun that he was anti-war then. But you, you see, like, there was this one review I read, I remember, like, a long time ago about, it was like, the, the, this movie so slapdash thrown together, very little thought is put into it. Like, at one point, a character shows up dressed like an SS officer, and they didn't even realize it. And it's like, you don't think they were aware? <laughs> like, you don't, you think... You think oh, no one pieced funny. that together? I want to say something about that because I kind of get I get how like that could happen to someone. Okay, it's like funny that they missed it so so uh, so much. But what I think is hilarious and really special about this movie is how much 
the cast and everyone you're seeing in front of the camera feels like they're playing it straight to the point yes. where I honestly yep. question if they get what's going on. So no, especially I, the lead. Like, oh, yeah. So the great point. So I was looking at the lead guy whose name Casper Van Dien. Casper Van Dien. is Casper Van Dien. And if you look at his at Casper's career, he is mo like he has this just incredible jaw and is like not the most skilled actor. I don't think he plays basically straight ahead cheesy movies like this. Yes. For the most part. And it's like his his filmography is like it's crazy. It's a uh, it's like uh, vampires, Tarzan, uh, Curse Sleepy of King Tut's Tomb. Yeah, um, yeah, like Sharktopus versus Whale Wolf, uh, Army Dog. Like he is he is like mostly in corny, insane things. Uh, yeah, and so yeah, I I I think there's a, probably a good chance he didn't appreciate the satire he was working on. I think that's no, fair. I mean, I, but I also, I think that there is like, because he is purposely trying to go for that propaganda film, um, kind of corny old type of filmmaking with like the actors, I think not having like having one Casper Vastine as, you know, Juan Rico is very funny. And then you have Denise Richards as Carmen Ibanez, right? These incredibly yeah, yeah, yeah. white waspy, whitewashed roles, but he also got actors who would play it. Like I think if they knew that they were supposed to be giving kind of cheesy bad performances, yeah. it wouldn't work. But because Denise Richards is really not that good of an actress, yeah. the fact and Casper Van Dien, same thing. Like the fact that they like are trying their best really leads into that. Um, that's such a good propaganda point. thing you know that it would not have the same vibe you it's you can't have people aware that they're supposed to be cheesy it just doesn't yeah. work so you yeah, hire people I, who this is like probably the top this, of their game totally i feel like if we made this movie today that would be the problem with it right is it right, would be yeah. too the cast would wink at the camera they would let you know yes. that they're in on it and it would kind of ruin it but this movie it almost feels like the people in front of the camera are making their movie and the people behind the camera are making another movie and then somehow it just works out to be one movie yeah. which is and insane. somehow michael so Ironstein was the only person who walked in both worlds <laughs> yes uh, yeah that's true he, neil patrick harris might have an idea yeah. of what he's doing but there's um, like or, a, and jake um, Busey, the 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 jarhead guy that just is how he is. Like he, yes, he, he doesn't. I don't know. He has, has a lot of range beyond this jarhead guy, so it's just so perfect. I mean, he has to. He 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 walking around with that classic Busey face. It yes, really, there's He's not a lot you can do with it. It's face. just sinister. Man, um, I, I I don't like to. I don't want to rag too much on the actors, but Denise Richards, like I, every time she was flying, she looked like she probably shouldn't be flying a, a spacecraft. Like she just looks yeah. so uncomfortable being in charge of this ship. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, look, everyone's like promoted like eight times and then like a week. Basically. That's very right? true. Yes, I mean, that point. is very problematic. Again, one of those other little jokes that you don't really realize when you're young, but right. the way both of them go from the bottom to the top within like a week and a half, and it's all because somebody else had to violently die for them right. to get there, right? That's so true. It, it leans into what he's trying to accomplish. So there's like I this just... really great uh, Michael Ironside quote yeah. when he talked about, you know, he went up to Paul Verhoeven one day on set and was like, you know, Paul, you know. So Paul Verhoeven was born in Nazi-occupied Amsterdam, right? Yeah. Born in 1938. He grew up in Nazi-occupied Amsterdam. It's, he 
he's aware of what SS officers look like, which is why that one <laughs> quote is so funny. Yeah. But uh, Michael Einstein asked him, like, dude, you grew up around this. Why are we making a, a fascist movie? And he was like, well, uh, I'm trying to find the quote here. But basically he said, like, look, if I came out and told everyone fascism was wrong, people would just roll their eyes and not get it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to show them fascism working perfectly. But at the end of the day, the only thing it's good for is violently killing bugs. Right. So that's right. like was kind of his, yeah. his thing on it of like really trying to show like, OK, a truly fascist society. What would it look like? It would look like this and it would only literally be good for throwing bodies into a meat grinder and killing bugs. Right. I, yeah. I mean, it's it makes a ton of sense. Uh, and I, I yeah, obviously I, I missed the context at the you know, when I saw it, uh, I think the thing that's maybe threw me off is like it's actually not that good at killing bugs. Like this so bad society at killing bugs. Bad. You could be a lot better at They're killing never, bugs. Oh man, like they, it's like they had no they've never looked at a bug before. They had never thought about how to stop it. It's just in mean, fascism is also funny to me for the record. But it um, is, yeah. Yeah. It is especially like the first big um invasion uh and again they didn't there's no way they could have meant this because it came out in 97 but it's eerie how close it resembles the 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 beginning of iraqi uh operation iraqi freedom right the way the news covered it it is so surreal like just to be watching this movie it'd be like four or five years later we would like literally in this portraying it the same way it's this quagmire in this desert area we went in way too confident it backfired horribly it's yeah it's just it's crazy um yeah yeah yeah. i want to um just read a couple more casper van dien movie titles skeleton man (laughs) the dog who saved christmas patient killer alpha wolf how do y'all think the dog saved christmas how do you think it happened i'm curious about that that's a good question mostly just being there you know having there for the family yeah well, uh, so I'm looking at this dog, and he's wearing a little Santa hat, uh, looking cute as heck. Um, let's see. This, uh, actually, let me. I can probably figure this out really fast. Oh, um, there's booby traps involved. I think oh. the dog disables some booby traps or sets them. Maybe it's like more of like a Home Alone but with a dog helper. Maybe or could it be Home Alone, and it's just a dog. Setting dog the traps, so they have to come up with dog tra- like traps a dog could set, but then of course they kind of screw it up, and the dog just kind of does impossible things. Yeah, I can't read this fast enough. Um, all, great question. All I really know about Casper Van Dien is that his stepdaughter was a major player in Nexium. Uh, oh, really? So the idea that yeah, some of his starship troopers' money went probably into financing uh, that crazy girl. Yeah, his He's stepdaughter in... was the number two behind um, oh, the crazy. Smallville girl. Yeah, she was like one of the highest. He's also uh, in Star Raiders and something called Fire Twister and Python yeah. and Dracula 3000. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he makes the funniest like this is the funniest group of movies. It's so perfect. So like also, my- he, he was a voice actor in the movie, the animated film Casper, A Spirited Beginning, which good for him. Yeah. Um, Same name, you know? Yeah. Yeah, people like Casper Van Dien and Denise Richards uh, are, are actors I feel very conflicted about because I don't think they're very talented, but they also have 
the type of face that is like, there's no way somebody wasn't going to come and try to exploit them for money, right? <laughs> there's no way Denise Richards was going to just have a regular job. You know, same yeah, thing with Casper Van Dien. You don't have that jawline. And no. You can't look like Casper Van Dien and, like, go and get a degree yeah, very that's... early. Someone's going to be like, I want to give you money just to take pictures of Just you. go be in a movie. Uh, yeah. It would, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also interesting about Casper Van Dien, he's in Starship Troopers. He's in Starship Troopers 2, 3, and 4. Or sorry, 3, oh, yeah. 4, and 5. He doesn't seem to be in 2. That's what I meant. He's yeah, in... the Vin Diesel of uh, the Starship Troopers franchise. Yeah. Not in the dis- sequel. It, it seems like he disappeared. He's in He's ah. in 3 and um, uh, Traitor of Mars. Also, these are all... I, I noticed all the sequels are written by the same person, but obviously Verhoeven is gone. So am I to be... Am I to believe, Anthony, that he... That this is like other like robocop where they were like boy people love seeing the fascism let's just keep doing that without the irony yes basically i mean i've never seen any of them right, but that you, is but... basically what i've gotten from the sequels of this um, Yeah, which is I'm sure. again just very very weird that so much of his career has just been turned into um you know what the films are kind of the opposite making fun of yeah uh, yeah but there I'm, is yeah you know I do want to talk about a few other things to kind of get. Please. So I keep, I've been thinking about this a lot. Uh, one of my favorite sci-fi tropes uh, that between this total recall films like Looper. Uh, I mean, a lot of sci-fi movies, uh, Star Trek does this a lot, but the, um, the like, Oh, welcome to the future. We have all this great technology and space travel and weapons and a small poor portion of a population are now strong psychics. But we also have these cool coats. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> you can just become? It's like, yeah, so it turns out I need some bullshit to happen in the third yeah, act. Yeah. And it's just easier if, like, a tenth yeah. of the population is psychic now. Yeah. Um, that's very. That's a very good point. It also led to the biggest missed opportunity for comedy in movie history, I think. So the first time we see psychics, we see um, future Nazi officer Neil Patrick Harris doing a thing where he there's a card and he's thinking about the card, and then you guess the card he's thinking of, and they just it doesn't ever work. And then in the third act, he goes up to the smart alien bug, he puts his hand on its giant gooeyness, and it thinks like they're like, "What is he thinking?" And it would have been the funniest, the hardest I've ever laughed if he just said Jack of Spades. Uh, <laughs> that would have been good. Yeah, that, would that would have been but the, but that goddamn line is incredible. Really, that, that line is really good, though, where he says it's afraid and they all yeah. cheer. Like yeah, yeah, That yeah. is so depressing and sad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the idea that that is the victory of this movie is that yeah. we yeah. can pit fear inside this creature right like that but is in, in terms of funny they like take it back there's that last that like postscript uh newsreel where they're like we're gonna figure out how it thinks and then someone just thrusts uh an 80 pound drill into the side of this bug yeah and it right goes everywhere like yeah we're solving that totally. we're getting to the heart of what this bug thinks here's a question for you guys um when they're like designing the brain bug, do you think Paul Verhoeven needs to specify to the monster designer that he wants its mouth to look like a vagina, or is the monster it's, designer it, just kind of get it? Its face is a know? vagina, but then also it has it has uh, a straw that comes out of it, and it yeah. drinks your brain. So it's like it's got it's got both options. Yeah, but do you think he had to specify that, or the guy was like, "No, I, I get it. I'm looking for a pervert. <laughs> I know exactly what you want." Like. <laughs> I mean, look, we're, we're in a post a post uh, alien like aliens world, right? I think at this point it's like, look, I want to make a monster. 
there's going to be some genitals in there somewhere. I don't <laughs> right. know where yet. I don't know right. which one. I'm going to put like, them in where I want to. It's like how you get like a little bit of cockroach if you're going to make a industrial food product. You're like, mm. look, there's going to be two percent cockroach legs in every cracker, and right. you're only fine it's with just that. Tradition. And you just have to deal with it. It's just how it works. Yeah, if you're going to design a giant alien monster in Hollywood, there's going to be a vagina face on one of the bugs. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's all. That's all fair. Um, I that it, it was a. It was a very fun. I like the design of them. Actually, we were talking yeah. a little bit about before about because um, the last movie we watched, Total Recall, was like all practical effects, and this has got some CG in it, obviously, because it's ninety seven. Um, but it generally like looks it incredible. Looks, it looks really good. There's you know there's some composite shots that are like wow, this looks like they're standing in front of a screen right now, mm-hmm. um, and there's some of their like like a lot of their military gear looks real cheap they're basically wearing the same helmets in the football game as they are in the in the war um, yeah well, you know i kind of like that is... look though to be honest the cheapness of the uh yeah, yeah the totally, totally. it's probably yeah. like, just like with hiring casper van dien it was probably not an accident that it yeah. looks the, like also that. the thing with the um the armor is this weird sort of hollywood thing is so the starship troopers armor uh, has been reused in so many different movies and tv shows. really yeah, so like the show Firefly, the Josh Whedon show, uh-huh. uh, they're all using all the bad guys just use the exact same um, armor and stuff from Starship Troopers. Uh, Interesting. It's been reused. These helmets have been spray painted and <laughs> uh, just pit on different actors, and it's just That's because. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, a lot of props in movies get reused, but because yeah. these are so specifically oddly sci-fi, they stand out more. But yeah, you can. Just find these Starship Troopers helmets popping up in a bunch of different shows. Yeah, it was in the 2001 Planet of the Apes, apparently. Yeah, it's uh, just very That's weird how that amazing has just popped up everywhere. Um, this movie does it. like 497. I mean, compared to other Minority movies Report, at the time, Power Rangers. Yeah. Sorry, I just googled this. I'm just adding yeah. more to people's knowledge. Yeah, it's it's weird, and once you know it, you start to notice it popping up. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. But yeah, even in Minority, a huge Spielberg movie is using Paul Verhoeven scraps uh, yeah. a few years later. It's so Oh, that's funny. rad. But 497, the effects, I mean, we talked about this uh, maybe off air or something, but, you know, like, the effects are giant bugs, and your brain doesn't have a frame of reference for that. Totally. So, yeah. like, they don't really stand out too much as being fake, but the effects, especially in some of these huge shots or when they're coming over the walls the they look so good yeah uh, yeah it's, it's wild i mean movies today i think don't pull off monsters as well as this does it's pretty crazy totally. yeah um, and i i assume that it's like so yeah so part one is it's a thing we are don't already know about um it's not trying to be people it's also a smooth yeah covering no, it's yeah, not no, f- no hair no skin no hair no skin exactly which helps a lot Ooh. um but also like so like there's the scene where the bug puts two of its little legs through a guy and like picks him up and it's like they did there's like practical with the mandibles popping out of him and he's on some sort of a rig like it seems like it was probably a very smart combination too that they were just yes they knew exactly where to use it and where not to yeah and you know i do i want to kind of make a slight little uh asterisk off sort of my last few weeks talking about paul for and i do want to say like um, I, I do. I love his movies. I think he's a very smart guy. I don't want to under like underplay the fact that he's probably a weird pervert. Uh, in fact, I know sure. he is. He's a weird oh, guy. Okay. 
Uh, okay. He definitely has, you know, some uh, some really fucking weird ideas, and I I really appreciate his movies. I love the fact that like that he's also a lunatic on set and stuff like this in a good way. So like, wait, wait, so, I, so, sorry, so is, is he like a, a a sex pest? Is he a problem? No, I don't or think is he no, just not like, like, he's, no, like he's you just, just don't want to know his Google search history. No, I don't want to know his Google search history. Yeah, and like look at his movie. He makes very adult erotic movies that deal with very odd things you know there's a lot of penetration in this movie a lot of nudity Mm -hmm. in all of his movies but you know one of like my favorite stories about him is the big shower scene in this movie right it's yeah so so when they join join uh, just really quick to catch people up when they join boot camp they there's a early on scene that i was quoting when i was introducing everybody where they're in a large co-ed shower group shower and they're just just chatting about why they're there yeah um, but a lot of the actors, as you can imagine, were pretty uncomfortable with this. And didn't yeah, I'm do super it. uncomfortable um, with the, just the existence of group showers. It's so, so upsetting. The way he got them to do it was Paul Verhoeven and the DP who and like the sound people, everyone who had to be on set also got naked. Oh, <laughs> shit. So they it was just a whole set filled with naked people okay so part of Uh, me is like oh that's so awesome you're being so supportive and the other half is like yeah paul just wanted to be naked with a bunch of naked people right right this actually feels worse but i just i love the idea of being like uh i don't want to get naked well if i get naked would that help what no what (laughs) yeah stop it paul what about what about if peter if peter gets naked would that help (laughs) how is peter getting naked gonna help me paul you've been Uh, naked on half of our shots already that's not gonna change anything (laughs) he Uh, just keeps finding excuses you know would this shot be better if i was naked (laughs) look look you're gonna get impaled by this bug in the brain and just to make you feel more comfortable Uh, yeah i'm naked it seems like a uh, lot to ask for you to get impaled by this bug prop right now, so I'm going to have to get naked. Just I'm to even it out. Just, just to, it to even it out. Just I, to I, make I, it I fair. On this trivia bit. So apparently, yeah, the cinematographer uh, was, uh, I guess, Jost Vacano, um, and uh, was, you know, was naked, but also, like, was well-prepared because he had been raised in a nudity camp. Like, oh. It's sort of like, this is like, the, he was like, he's like, no problem, man. Like, I, <laughs> I've trained my life for this. No pervert. Yeah, that guy grew up with it. It's easy for us. I were any of the people who joined them women because if it's just like oh the women are getting naked while just all these dudes who have to watch are going to be dicks out that doesn't seem better at all yeah I don't know it depends yeah we'd have to go deep on this I can't tell yeah yeah, this is this is a fun story and I don't want to overthink it yes Um, Uh, the uh that shower scene is so upsetting as just like uh like so just a just a bully magnet like that's just you just you just created the number one location for bullying at war training i don't want to oh it sounds so awful i remember i remember so this, this was like oddly influential i think this movie's because i remember i never remember seeing when it came out which i shouldn't have um and uh i also remember reading the mad magazine like parody um <laughs> Because I, oh, that's I, I, awesome. I was getting it. I definitely remember them saying, like, you know, like, look, uh, we got all take showers together because, like, like we're we're all gonna die soon, and there's definitely gonna be a water shortage uh, if we have showers on our own, and so this is why we have a group shower setting. And then I remember another joke from that where it's like, um, uh, at one point there's a thing where they keep on like killing their own people, um, uh, because it's like, why why would we do that? It's like, well, you know, like it takes like a hundred bullets to kill one of the bugs, but each of the humans only takes like one bullet, so it makes a lot more sense uh, to conserve that way. <laughs> um so that was stuck in there uh in my brain that's for like so fun years. Yeah. <laughs> that really changes it 
Um, I mean, I, I do love how fucking incredibly brutal and like the running joke. It goes a lot with the running joke when someone calls for an ambulance after the guy gets shot to death. Right, but there's yeah. like this joke through boot camp with like the guy gets his arm broken and he calls for a medic. Uh, he throws a knife through Jake Busey's hand and he calls for a medic. And then when that guy gets his head blown off in the training thing, Casper Van Dien calls for a medic. And it's just like, yeah, it's just funny. It's also, uh, it's it's also so- funny because uh, in a less subversive and more just like cheesy way that the bugs famously leave no survivors except for the members of our core crew who we hang out with <laughs> who all survive brutal attacks um also i do feel like the main like this movie definitely was unrealistic in the way it portrayed the effectiveness of football as a war training yeah uh, yeah, we were led to believe it makes you real good at war. Super effective. I I've played enough laser tag to feel like you can't just yell a play. It's not going to help a lot. Um, these people can just shoot you. Yeah. Um, well, you well how good are you at laser tag, though, Alex? Extremely. Like, you, you're. Oh, really? This is something that like like. Well, I I mean, it's been a long time, but uh, when I we did it for the podcast a couple years ago, I was still pretty solid, but I was like legendary. Uh, but you got to have the um. The like the Killer's laser instinct. tag that when you get hit, it actually like debilitates you. Like yeah, I the one where you like, fall on the ground and get electrocuted. That's gnarly. Your body, uh, yeah. you know, you got to have that. And also, you have to remember, this is the twenty third century. They're not playing, you know, NFL. If anything, they're playing the XFL rules, right? I mean, right. It looks All just like arena jumping. football, but you can flip. Yeah. Yeah. Um. um but, but also, you could also I, pause during the game to go flirt. It's a very strange rule set to future football. I do love that like in the training, the crazy jumps kind of come in handy, but not in the actual battles. Like he rides on no, the back yeah. of a bug, but I do love that he's not like doing crazy flips over the bugs or anything. Yeah, like yeah, that, that's you know? so true because they're they're too tall. He never thought about yeah. that. Um the uh, the other thing is, I feel like I. How do you guys feel about uh, being part of any of the scenes in this movie? Are there things that you would be good at and things you'd be bad at? I would have been good at the laser tag, but I'd be very bad at killing bugs. My wife has to do that. Mm. Yeah, I would have been like the camera guy that gets killed. That probably would have been me. <laughs> probably would have been yeah, that I guy. Mean, just, you know when to turn your camera off and run. You know, that's die in problem. front of you. You just keep the camera running until you get impaled. Also, yeah, yeah I, that's I only I right. Would- I've always thought I would be pretty good at um, holding a nuclear weapon while bugs overswarmed me. I think I could do that pretty well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, seems but, easy. It does seem yeah. like flying those spaceships is actually pretty hard, where, like, for some reason, with all this other technology, you still have to undock with a joystick. There's no... It doesn't mm. auto-park. Our cars can do that right now, and your spaceships don't park themselves. Still gonna drive drive a manual while you're being constantly hit on by a guy who manipulated the system to get command yeah, over you. Great. This guy who was in high school at the age of 35 at the beginning <laughs> yeah, of the high movie. Scene is so funny. <laughs> They're all so old in high school. Yeah. Well, I love the that they do they use a great um use that to a great effect at the end when they are like the old salty yeah. dogs and they have the new croups and he got like actual high schoolers yeah they look so awkward and acne scarred it's great they're so young looking compared to the cast uh i do love that like i think it pays off well um so we have a couple of emails i want to get to you in the end so do we have any other any any final thoughts we want to cover 
on uh, Starship Troopers and on Paul Verhoeven in general. Well, I just want to say about Starship Troopers, I just want to shout out to, I always really like seeing um, Clancy Brown in movies. We didn't talk yeah. about him at all, uh, but he really plays Mr. Krabs. And when you know that he plays Mr. Krabs, <laughs> you can just hear Mr. Krabs. Wait, in who is movie. he in this movie? He's the, he's the drill, drill he's the drill sergeant and later oh, he, he, yeah, at the yeah, end yeah, of the movie okay, he's the guy. That. that's that's Mr. Krabs so he's he, in, wasn't he actually a drill sergeant Is No that's guy? the other guy you're thinking of the guy that was in full sergeant. metal jacket Yeah 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 totally the, But this guy's also this is not his only this is not his only drill sergeant. He's a good drill sergeant. No, nah, he yeah, he yeah. he plays military types in a lot. He was in Lost. He played like a general in Lost. Yeah. In somebody's backstory and like but he's Yeah, he's Mr. Krabs. But... I didn't even realize that. Yeah. But yeah. now that you awesome. say it, he sounds just like Mr. Krabs. I love him. The second you realize that he's Mr. Krabs, anytime he shows up in anything, you're just like, Oh my god, I love you, Mr. Krabs. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for being here. Mr. Mr. Krabs is yelling at SpongeBob. He's like, You can't press the button with a knife through your hand. <laughs> I mean, this is also, I think like uh, you know, this is kind of the start of Neil Patrick Harris rehabilitation thing. Like he, you know, he never like s- destroyed his career, but like coming out of child acting, especially in the '90s, was pretty tough, right? We had a big show, but like between this and Harold and Kuma a few years later, that is essentially what like changed his career and led it to what it is today. So, like, that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, totally. And he, uh, he's he is just a delight, even playing an SS yeah. officer. I'm like, you're too nice. Yeah, I mean, when he walks in at the end in full SS regalia, is so funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. Where they didn't catch that. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we just to come back to that. It's so funny for a reviewer to see something in a movie and just assume that it was an accident. Mm-hmm. that's hilarious like it's crazy isn't it funny how he does this whole military thing but it seems like it's kind of goofy it's like he's like not even good at authoritarianism like how did he miss that during the editing process that it was so goofy <laughs> yeah th- it would be really lame to i it would be funny i wish i could watch the movie with those eyes to be honest like what would mm. this movie look like if you didn't if you took it all that seriously like you see the guy looking at the camera saying the only good bug is a dead bug and you're just like i this is a real movie right here <laughs> yeah i mean there's well, as a, a kid scene... i thought it was a real movie that was like funny vi- like the violence is funny and there's a lot of naked people and right that's why it was recommended so that you just have to be a child again when they're like literally just handing out bullets to children yeah, in their propaganda like, feed, oh, like was, and they're all stomping on the roaches. I love yeah, that yeah, part. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm doing really, my part. It really goes to show, like, you know, we've been in it for so long, but and we were very young pre nine eleven. But the 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 American mindset, a mentality, the way we saw the world was so different. Uh, compared to the world we live in today, it's it's really insane uh, to think about like the way this film can be interpreted so wildly. I mean, you gotta think, 1997, we're in the Clinton administration, things are going well, we haven't been in war in forever. It's like everything's great. Racism is apparently over. You know, like, <laughs> according to white the, people. Yeah, yeah the the <laughs> mid 90s was so insane with that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's. That's what happens. Yeah, yeah. Any any Ooh. other last thoughts on Star Trek? One, one last thing. I want to say that my favorite thing about this movie, and I always forget it until it gets to the scene, is that there is that fight scene with uh, Fade Into You by Mazzy Star in the background. Oh, yeah. And what the fuck? Like, it's just, I don't understand. 
the that choice, but I love it so much. This is uh, at the dance. No, it's when no. they're it's 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 sorry, it's not they're not like it's not one of the the combat scenes. It's like literally Rico and the other guy fight in a yeah, bar. Yeah, where they they were at a dance at the dance. Or no, no, no the second time they fight. It's, it's at the bar, the, yeah. yeah, at the when bar, the at the bar. Mobile thing. infantry and the air force people are giving each other. Shit. Yeah, it just for some yeah. reason they were all listening to fade, uh, faded to you. Yeah. I don't know the over- song, but it was like I just assumed it was a future song. So it's cool no. that you know a song no. that's not going to come out until the twenty three hundreds. Yeah, I don't know. It's just such a weird choice that I love it. And, and I don't know. Rewatch that scene sometime. It's really funny with that song in the background. My favorite thing, I mentioned this in my summary very briefly, but my favorite thing about anything set in the future is they've just decided bottles are different shapes, liquids are different colors. There's just, yep. there's just the bar scene has it, but also the scene with his rich parents. They're just pouring a bright blue liquid out of a jar shaped like an hourglass. It's just whatever else is happening in the future at some point in like 2200s, we're like, look, we need some new colors for liquids. Right. We're, we're boring ourselves. They even mess it up sometimes. Like I was watching TNG the, uh, the other day, of course, because I watched it all the time. And there was a blue liquid in, in one cup. And I was like, yep, that's chill. And it's then the they poured something that just looked like um, like a just grapefruit juice. Uh, yeah. It looked like and I was like, well, that doesn't look like the future. That just <laughs> looks like grapefruit juice. OK, <laughs> exactly. That's very fun. OK, we have a couple of emails I want to get to that are related and one that is not it's time for the mailbag segment first up an email uh about let's start with this one about the satire problem from gabe this is perfect so uh gabe says hey guys loving the whole verhoven three quarters of a month which was the first time i realized that we were just doing this not actually as a whole month and it's very funny Who that knows we just how many weeks are in a month yeah <laughs> It's a fun miss. Anyway, in the twenty so third century, we don't have time for four. Yeah, yeah months are different yeah, shapes, true. different colors. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, Gabe continues. Uh, the only one I hadn't seen was RoboCop, and my wife coincidentally asked if I wanted to watch it with her after you guys had announced it was coming up. So that worked out great. I wanted to mention for the next upcoming one. That's the one we're doing right now. Um, this is an example of the satire problem in reverse for me. I first watched the movie as a kid, then I read the book. And I assumed the book was saying everything as a satire of shitty government. (laughs) That's awesome. And was about how fanatical believers in that could be. And only found out listening to your show that it was not satire. That is so good. I love that so much. That's awesome. Yeah, what a good heart you have, Gabe, that even as a child you were reading about fascism, you were like, this is is hilarious. You guys don't believe this. This funny joke. (laughs) <laughs> not real, right? Like, this can't be... I mean, this is not for real. Gabe says, I had the same problem when my grandmother gave me a no-spin book by Bill O'Reilly as a kid, and I thought it was a <laughs> hilarious parody of conservatives until someone in college was surprised I had it on my bookshelf and informed me it was a talk show guy. Oh! Wow, that's so <laughs> great. That's so funny. I love that. I yeah. also want the spin doctors to put out, like, a book of their own stories, which is, like, all spin. <laughs> yes, of course. The all spin zone. <laughs> <laughs> the story of the spin doctors. Um, Gabe also la- closes by saying, don't forget to put Hunter's space sports finals in the ba- on in the background so he gets more views. Oh, heck yeah. So I assume that means something to you and I will do it. Tell me what it, what it means. 
Yeah, it does. Well, I mean, I is he talking about Twilight Imperium stuff? I assume my... you, this is about your the the tournament that you do yeah, on the, your other the, show. The finals of the tournament was pretty recent. It was like uh, it was like a Saturday or two ago. It was on. So, yeah, it was. So last we can pull that up Saturday. on the YouTube or on uh, Twitch and just run it and not watch it just to get you an extra view. Yeah, it's on YouTube right now. So check it out on YouTube. That's that's nice. that's what gets me the most uh, micro bucks. Um, I... <laughs> The thing about like I love this idea of like let's do a thing to help out people with micro bucks. Um, the if you're at a place where you could notice the difference between one view, you're not making enough for it to be really like I appreciate it. Please, yeah, if all of you did it, but like this is not really where the business hey, is. Hey, I get here are two things I'll tell you about the Twilight Imperium Finals 2021 that you can look up on YouTube right now. One, it's 11 hours long. Two, you won't like it. Click play, True. baby, please, <laughs> please click play. Just this is know what? niche marketing. Hit play while you go to sleep and just leave it running. Just leave it right? running. It won't just even be it. over by the time you get up. I will say I've watched it before. I've watched part of these before, to, uh, mostly to support you because I love you. Not so Thank much because I care about the game. But you do have a graphic every time you go to a spreadsheet. You have like a special spreadsheet graphic and mm -hmm. it kills me. That's a great, that's good television right there. It's really There's funny. So yeah, spreadsheet which, update. It's the which, best. Which Twilight Imperium final thing am I supposed to click on? There's so many of these. There's been many. There's been, we did a 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. Okay. the current year. Yeah. If anybody is into supporting you with micro bucks, it's Ezra. Good. I, I, I mean, I like, I like, I like a, I like an angle. Uh, <laughs> I like a I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this on on all the devices I have currently around me. Heck yeah! <laughs> Heck yeah! Views. Heck um, yeah! Also, you're, so you're calling yours um, Space Cats, Pizza Turtles Finals 2021, but I think you missed the opportunity to call it the Space Cats, Pizza Turtles Finals 2020 in 2021. That's oh. the cool name for big sporting events this year. Well, but we did do because our event is in the digital space. Just saying, it would have been funnier. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, yeah, here we go. Eleven hours, thirteen minutes. Can't wait. I'm doing playback speed at two x for you, though. That, I'm gonna get those. That, those that you know, I mean, that doesn't hurt my feelings at all. And in fact, <laughs> I tell people to do that. Like, please watch at double speed. Do not watch this in you know regular speed. It must that's have been nuts. exhausting to do eleven hours of commentary. Yeah, and we did it in uh the we got to use this uh, studio in uh, Fayetteville called Rock Hill Studios. It's like a big giant film studio, and we had to load into it. So it's by the time we start, which we started at like nine a.m., we had gotten up at five, set everything up, and I mean it's like a it's like a fifteen hour day for me watching that thing. Fifteen wow. hours of freaking that's like, a that's a just, huge commitment. Yeah, just caring about this stupid, horrible board game. But for what it's worth, though, uh, eighty four hundred views on YouTube is not life changing, but it is like that's pretty good for a thing that's too long that no one likes. Yeah, yeah we're hoping it. Out. That's a lot of hours, bro. Yeah, yeah, we're hoping it does well. We have we have an, a video that is for uh, twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen that did over a hundred thousand views. So Whoa. we're hoping it does something similar to that. Yeah. I mean, also, I will say four people thumbs down this, which that's got to you got to take that a little personally, right? That someone is like, uh, no, hate, haters are good. I welcome haters. Um, haters like, mean that you're weird, doing cool. What a weird video to be like, this is a 11 hour long board game video. And at what point in that are you like, you know what? 
now I've decided this well, is not for me. Boom. No, no, they're just part of. No, I have a hundred Donaldson Hay Squad. I am aware of them. I you see are? them out Nobody, there. Nobody. I've never met anyone who doesn't like you. No, dude. I have internet haters. They really? are out there. They do not like me. But I mean, they're just people that are like too invested in the in the game, and they don't like my opinions. Oh, about they're stuff. on that side, so they like the game too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's was very surprising. Still, yeah, I don't you know if anyone like knows know. to hate me. You I should like definitely let them Alex... know that you're universally beloved. Yeah. Oh, I like yeah, the idea. I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Anthony. <laughs> oh, just Alex, he's just like, oh, people hate people on the internet? No, I, even, no, 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 even, no, it's Hunter. Me? Hunter like, specifically. Like, yeah, like, I'm like 50-50 on the internet, but Hun- Hunter is just very easy to like, I think. Alex, oh, thank don't you. be hard on yourself. You are 52-48 at, at, at minimum. <laughs> Ezra, you are also universally beloved. Um, you Games guys are- bring people the worst out in people well I that mean. i yeah that's for sure yeah yeah okay so let's go to our next email this is about robocop this is from jonathan who says uh, as a kid i saw the film version of robocop before seeing the tv edit version and watching them in that order the tv one is very entertaining in a different way in addition to, in addition to having the car go around the guy hit by toxic waste it includes the best tv edit line alteration in history Somewhere around the middle of the movie, RoboCop enters a warehouse and tells the assorted criminals to come quietly or there will be trouble for you. And in the TV response, the response in the TV version, the response is for you. Oh, like trouble for you. No, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of instead of the F word, other F words. I wonder if that's where um, Christopher Nolan got that line for the Dark Knight Rises. For Uh, you. For yeah, there's uh, when Bane is like. Well, the guys that kind of take your mask off and it'll be, it'll be incredibly painful. You seem like a big guy for you. <laughs> so, um, it was just like that. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. like that. I loved the TV edit so much. I, I know you were mad at me, but man, that was a fun thing to have done on accident. Um, I it, it changed the experience to one of more comedy and less just satire I guess, but really cracks me up. Every time they did it, it's very funny. I... It's it's like the good place joke. It's like that, but without with a straight face. It's very funny. Um, uh, lastly, speaking of television, a tweet from J, a tweet thread from J number one, uh, who first said that uh, he thinks Alex was just mad at Ted Lasso because he realizes he has become the Nate of his own podcast. Oh shit! Oh, Nate, Nate season two. Yes, yes, Nate mm. season two. Easy to be bullied. Mm. Well, no, um, no, no. Nate, Nate season one is like a good person who is easy to be bullied. Nate season two is sorry. kind of a jerk. Now he turns out to be a bully, right? And that's definitely the arc I'm on as a life thing. Um, I've definitely as gone a life that thing. Yeah, yeah. It was easier to be bullied as a kid, and now I've, I'm taking it out on people smaller than me. Well, you know, yes, people, people, people smaller than you like the show Ted Lasso. <laughs> so really, really, well, Alex Falcone always punching down at ABC. So, Apple I like, TV originals. I'm, I'm happy to be the Nate of this podcast. I definitely think Anthony is the Roy Kent of this show. And I think and Hunter is the nearly Kiwi? as charming as Nate. Let's be honest. I know. And I don't know as much about this show as he does about soccer. Um, you do have I, very strong opinions about like laundry soap, I bet, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> Why would you not, um, Hunter? You're the Keeley for sure. What is oh. the Keeley? What, what are we talking about? That's I don't know. Show Ted Lasso. Have you not watched Ted Lasso? See, I haven't actually watched Ted Lasso. Like, well, you're sad, and I just think it's God. Fun that's such that. a Keeley thing to do to <laughs> not even watch the show. 
<laughs> and then the other, and then uh, Jay uh, thinks that as you're the Danny Rojas of the show. Oh, podcast is life. Yeah, podcast is life. Um, and yeah, you're just you're delightfully fun, and you're unsure how guilty to feel about a murder you committed. That's I. I this is so apt. Uh, but also, I I don't know if I tell anyone this. I am literally coaching uh, soccer right now. Um, <gasps> you are? Yeah. So I I, I am now uh, assistant coach uh, for my my son's uh, eight and under uh, soccer team. Um, uh, and I'm I'm uh, I think I'm Coach Beard uh, because uh, I know a little bit more about soccer. My, our head coach does not know soccer, uh, but he does know football. Uh, and so I feel like he would have to be uh, Ted Lasso. So I'd have to be like you know helping him out as, as yeah. Coach so I I feel like when you become a kid's coach. There's like three main options that you can be. You can be like, and I, I want to find out which one you are. You can be just like super supportive, not particularly invested in the outcome, just happy to see the kids run around. You can be like really intense and your kid is going to win and your kid is going to play more than everybody else's kid. Or there's this like, you can be kind of like the the kid's money ball coach, which we've referenced already today, but where you're like, look, I was watching this game. We don't have to be intense. It's just no one in this league knows how to play defense so we're just going to only practice the press or like we're only going to do go up the left wing because no one has a left foot in this game or whatever like are you trying to come up with different ways to approach soccer yeah, for children I think it's probably 80 percent the first one and maybe 20 percent the last one because i think everything is like a direct ball no matter what so i'm just going to try to teach, teach them all on throw-ins to just aim for the goal because there's no goalies <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that is definitely the that is definitely the money ball option. Yeah, that yes. rules. Support of money really ball. Any of them, just don't be a Jerry Sandusky. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. That's the bad type of coach. You don't need to say that. Um, <laughs> there was though. There was like a coach. There's a story from uh, actually from the Moneyball Guys podcast. Um, uh, Michael, whatever. Anyway, Lewis. Michael Lewis. Um, he on his podcast he interviewed. I think he talked about this. There was a coach for like women's high school basketball in northern california and he got the job and had never actually seen basketball and he like did all this research about it and figured out there was like if you did a full court press in high school basketball no team in the country could deal with it and so he took like just like a, a not normally very good women's basketball team and they won nationals the next year and he's like a pro coach now um which is uh, just a fascinating journey. But I like the idea of just trying to find one thing to exploit where it's like, we're only going to practice one thing because that's enough. Hey, as <laughs> I know it would be a little bit different because you, you know, your kid is on the team, but uh, referencing Ted Lasso, what is the, um, the policy on cussing out the kids if they don't perform well? Mm, Good question. Are, well, are you allowed to do that? Are you allowed to call them like one name? Uh, I think it's, like, it's it's TV edit of RoboCop rules. I believe is what oh, I okay. Oh, okay. So, so whenever they come off the field, you say "for you, for you, braggart." Other question for you, relatedly: um, Are they keeping score in this soccer league? Um, I think it's possible. Like the you can we can have refs. Um, I can also get trained as a ref, so I could just be crooked. I guess I don't think that's what's going to happen though. Yeah, you you could be getting upwards of eight dollars a game to ref these games um, and a free hot dog. That was also, Hunter, I just got you a view for Visit Canada uh, on your uh, on your YouTube uh, uh, for a YouTube ad. So it's happening, man. Heck yeah! Nice. Can I click on it. Will that help? Yeah, and then you need to go to Canada to uh, really no help. No problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm on my the way. Other, when I was playing youth soccer, I played in a league where they like did not keep score. 
and uh, which was supposed you to make also us thirty four though. So that's not really well. Right. So I knew I was winning, but um, there was no f- no. We were in. I was like in. I was like in our like seven year old league. We were supposed to be like all just playing for the fun of it, and so they weren't going to keep score. As if kids don't just keep score of a game on their own, and it's soccer, so it's like. I'm going to lose track of like three goals. It's like the, it's the easiest sport to keep track of. It was like really funny that they thought that would just make us like not care about the outcome. If an adult didn't count to three for us, it was very <laughs> silly. I'll just say this. Don't underestimate what you could get done when you count to three as an adult and you have kids like a lot of like, Oh, that's every, true. A lot of good adult uh, yeah. you know, shoes get on. It's all cause I'm counting to three. Um, Last uh, youth soccer story really quick. So we were, um, my league was for people who are not outdoor kids normally, um, obviously. And uh, there was Caged a kid. kids. What? Caged? Like not free range? No, more just like, this was, a, it was sports for the easily sunburned, I guess. I don't know. It was just, this was like, the reason they weren't keeping score was like mostly to, like, because we were not scoring a lot. It was yeah, not because. Could, zero yeah. to zero is not hard to keep. Track. Exactly. It's not that they were like trying to it's, it, if you were competitive there was a different league this is for kids who didn't want to try really that hard but i remember having a kid on a team one year who was like especially bad at soccer and he but he was like an ideas guy so at like seven years old i remember we had like a huddle where he had been sitting out for a quarter and he like announced his plan that we were all going to just stand in a circle around the kid with the ball and if we just linked arms and walked confidently, <laughs> no one could get to the ball. We just like we could just Voltron like walk straight through the goal. And I assume he is a billionaire now. Like he probably works at Google and is not just, good at soccer still. I just imagine Alex as a kid in a sort of, you know, not score counting soccer league being like violence is strength. You can only <laughs> accomplish things by a putting a force on other people <laughs> you must score to be a citizen it was weird that our coach was dressed as an ss officer yeah because you've you've read the book right you i have i did read... read i did read this book when i was in high school because i thought the movie was really interesting and i remember reading the book and being like what is this shit no that'll <laughs> teach you man <laughs> well and that's it's, that's the funny thing when people say we've we, this is a, a, a running theme of the show a lot of people say oh the movie is always worse than the book but that's because they only talk about movies based on good books. Right. We've watched a lot of movies like from day one, like we watched twilight early on. It was like, this is better than the book. They like fixed some of the, it's still not great, but they fixed a lot of the problems of the plot in this movie. That's easier to be better. And same thing was true of, uh, of, of starship troopers was, it was like, well, if you take a book, that's kind of shit, you could really make it into an interesting movie. I mean, well, that's all they should do is just adapt shitty books into good it's such a, Yeah, totally. Um, the Prestige is another great example where it's like, this book is kind of shit on its own, but it's got an interesting idea you could take and make into a good movie. So it's like Under the well, Skin improving. is like that. Like the book is just kind of whatever, kind of actually crummy, I've heard, but the movie's great. Yeah, just I mean, improve things. There is, a, I mean, I especially take it one step further. Don't even read the book you're adapting. Like Paul Verhoeven, like literally read the first twenty pages and be like, "I get the gist of this. I'm just gonna it. do my own thing." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, this is the wrap for Paul Verhoeven month, and we're gonna announce our next project in just a second. That's it for our show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We're gonna be. Do you see that? That was a tease to listen to the closing credits. Um, Ooh. We are gonna be back again next week with another great episode of Reading Weep Seasons Four. Next week, we are and ent- we're gonna do an interesting thing. Next week, we're gonna start exploring 
the dark universes. So we're going to watch the three different attempts by Universal Pictures to create a dark universe about their monster franchises, all three of which failed almost immediately. So we're going to watch Dracula Untold. We're going to rewatch The Mummy starring Tom Cruise, which is my favorite version of The Mummy. And uh, then we're going to watch The Invisible Man. And along the way, we are going to solve this problem. So if you know someone who works at Universal Studios or uh, Universal Pictures, whatever the real place is, not the theme park. I don't I, I don't need to know no, someone hey, who dressed up as Harry at, Potter. I don't give a shit. If they work okay. at the park, too, let, sure, us, let anyway, them know. Let them know that we will, in the next three weeks, I guarantee it, solve this problem and have create a brilliant idea for a dark universe that would actually work. So I would love to get your thoughts if you've watched any of these dark universe movies or if you have a thought on how to improve the dark universe. We would love universes. We would love to hear it. But next week, Dracula Untold coming to yeah. you from a movie. Please get in touch. Yeah, if you know someone who's even just taken tickets at Universal Studios, have me email us podcast at readdutchweep.com. We love your emails and stories and uh, we also are on Facebook and Twitter if you want to tell us we are the blank of blank. Uh, I love breaking down a show that way. I'm the Samantha of this show. The Samantha. Um, is there a Samantha and Ted Lasso? Or are you talking? No, that was the Sex and City. No, and yeah, I'm, probably yeah. not. I'm probably a Miranda. I'd like to be a Samantha, but I'm not. Um, yeah, you're not. But I think Sorry. wanting to be Samantha is more of a Miranda thing. Anyway, yeah. um, uh, anyway, please get in touch. We would love to hear from you. Thank you to all of our meat buddies who keep trapping us in a podcast of our own creation. You can go to metreon.com to uh, make us keep this track floating down the tracks. Oh, I said it wrong. It's good enough. Also, big thank you to our excellent panel, Anthony Lopez. Always great to talk to you. Always excited. For, uh, this is a lot of fun. Looking forward to next week. A little bored since we are currently living in the dark universe. <laughs> Wake <laughs> me up when they pitch a light universe. That's what I want to see. I think I am the uh, Russell Crowe of our dark universe. Is that? He was in that the Mummy movie. He was the Oh, yeah. He was Dr. Uh, Jekyll. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Well, allegedly. <laughs> um, all, I want to see proof. Also, thanks for being here, Hunter. Yeah, hey, thanks. What I up? Think, I think you are the uh, Bride of Frankenstein of Ooh. this universe. Oh, Angelina Jolie's Bride of Frankenstein? Yeah. yeah. That was supposed to come out. Yeah. Never did. Never did. And uh, Ezra Fox, obviously you are... Um, you are the uh, the the Igor of this. Oh, I'll take I haven't that. seen Dracula Untold. I don't actually know who the cast is, but I'm sure there's an Igor. There's always an Igor somewhere. It's, you just maybe sometimes it's an invisible Igor. That's fine too. <laughs> oh, in the Invisible Igor? Man, he has an invisible Igor. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's got an invisible Igor. They're bonus. <laughs> they were free. Um, also, I, if anyone's keeping track for Wet Month, uh, the shower scene and the the brain uh, bug were also fairly wet. Oh, yeah. the shower scene oh my God. is the wettest of months. Good work. Brain bug was a little too wet, actually. To be <laughs> aged. All the Perfect for the month. so gooey. Man, great job of the practical props department of making, like when they dissect the bug and it's just like goop everywhere. Good goop. Yeah, nice work. It's, it's, it's 2% genitals and 98% just miscellaneous wet. Yeah, so much wet. That's, that's a um, monster. Did you know that, by the way, I mentioned the Nickelodeon slime. Did you know Nickelodeon slime back in the day was just vanilla pudding with green food coloring? Just two ingredients, if you don't count the ingredients that went into pudding. But I only have one rule. Slime. <laughs> oh, man. Amazing callback. All right. That's the end of the show. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.